Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. Blue Moon Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair, and I've got two guests with me. I've got Dave Hodgson. And Good evening. Hello, you all right? I'm not bad at all. Yourself? Very, very well. Nice to see you. And we've got Joe, we've got Joe Doherty. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. G- gentlemen, please answer this question. After a one-all draw at Villa at the weekend... A what? A, a nil-nil draw. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. Did I say one-all draw? I, yeah. wrote, I wrote down a one-all... A nil-nil draw... Start again. Yep. A nil-nil draw at Villa at the weekend. <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah. How, top v bottom. Yep. Yeah? Still with me? Yep. Yeah? How can we go from beating Sevilla 3-1 in Europe to drawing a blank against the team bottom of the Premier League? Give me, give the listeners, Joe Doherty, the reason, please, now. Typical City. Simple. One answer to typical City. We're so used to that, aren't we? We'll go and get the best result we can and then get the worst result of the weekend. In all seriousness, I think it's a mixture. In Seville, we had a centre-forward putting the chances away. I don't care what people think about Bonnie. He is a good finisher. He gets on the end of chances and he just sticks them in the net. We did not have a centre-forward for the most part against Villa, which I'm sure we'll probably come to. And it doesn't help the new manager syndrome. If they still had Sherwood... I don't think they'd have been as organised in defence. Clark and Richards were very good at centre-back for Villa, which a part of me was quite happy to see for both of them, because I like them both. But if Sherwood was still there, we'd have won that game. Typical City, Dave. For me, um, Pellegrini was still operating on Spanish time. It was taking him an hour to notice what was blatantly obvious to everyone else and make the change that that was needed, and it was far too late. I think it was a combination of very poor finishing from City's players and... Honestly, I, I think pretty poor tactical awareness from Pellegrini. So what did he get wrong? Well, for me, when Bo- obviously the Bonnie coming off was very unfortunate. No one had planned for that. And I think he made the wrong substitution, which does sound odd to say, seeing as I think Navas had quite a good game. But what we effectively had was three wingers. We had Navas getting into wide positions, whipping balls across the box, looking really quite good, but no one was there. You had Sterling or De Bruyne making late runs in, you didn't have anyone sort of really pushing those defenders. So you, Joe said the centre-backs were having a great game. They weren't under that much pressure for most of the game, so there was no striker for them to deal with. If, he, if Pellegrini does have faith in Iheanacho, as he said he has, why didn't he bring him on? Could have stuck with the formation. We'd have someone who looks to be a very accomplished finisher, who's clearly got a lot of confidence right now. Why wasn't he playing especially against bottom in the league, why play without a striker? It just makes no sense. I totally agree. I mean, it's a bit weird, isn't it? A week ago, he's got enough faith to let him start a Premier League game and start a cup game against a good side like Palace. Now he hasn't even got the confidence to bring him on against a bottom of the league side. It's madness. But, but, but the, 
I should at this point mention that we've had a question on Twitter. Uh, if you want to get hold of us on Twitter, it's at City Podcast. And this is uh, our friend Dave Steer, um, Steersman, uh, who's in the USA. So we're not sure, Dave, whether you're a, a Yank who's, uh, who likes City or you're a Mank who's moved out to the States. But really good of you to get in touch via Twitter. And he simply said, you know, why is Pellegrini so re- reluctant to use Ihenacho when it matters? And, and as you've already said, he, he did say he trusts him. So, so, so what, is it just an experience? Is he, you know, an impact player comes on for the last 15 minutes, which, of course, he did on at the weekend. Why, why does he need to be an impact player? He's the third choice striker. Last season, our third choice striker was what? Dzeko uh, or um, Jovetic. They didn't come on for the last 10 minutes. They'd come on for 40 minutes if we needed them to. But he had, to, he had two choices. And, and interesting, so watching the game, I was uh, with my dad and with, with my nephew. And, you know, to be fair, I said, you know, he could make the change he actually made in the end. The others were asking for, for the young boy, Kalecci, to come on. So, you know, he did have two choices, to be fair, at that point in the game. And he made that shout. And his, <laughs> a week ago in Seville, we were saying, what a masterstroke, what a fantastic selection he made. He dropped De Bruyne, you know, he brought in Navas, and he was a genius. And, you know, a week later, he's, uh, he's the villain. Is that right? Is that fair? Well, let's pose the question the other way. When he brought Navas on... It was clear Navas was, ha- was having the, um, the run of Jordan Amavi at left-back. It was very clear that there was some ground to be won there. And we had effectively a dead weight in midfield in Yaya Torre, who did nothing all game. Yeah. We, we were sort of all sat there thinking, Torre's doing nothing. We've got this guy who's whipping balls in. We've got no one up front. Take Torre off. Bring a Hinacho on. And it just seemed so, so clear. So, you know, when... Not so much the first substitution, but the sec- that, that second moment. Why didn't he see what was glaringly obvious? And he eventually did make the change, and we looked really good for the last five minutes, but it was, it was too late. Yeah, I mean, you could tell... Right, De Bruyne and Sterling are good attacking midfield players, and they can get you goals. You know, they get you 10, 15 goals a season. But there is a difference between a, good, between like a false nine and a centre-forward. Bonnie, whatever you say about him, you know that one that De Bruyne tried that stupid little flick? Yeah. Bonnie would not have tried that. He'd just hit that in the back of that. And so would Aguero, so would Dzeko, so would any centre-forward we've ever had. You need someone, I don't care how technically gifted they are, who could just put the ball in the net. And we didn't have that at the weekend. But, but Kelechi now is our only fit striker. Aguero's back for Liverpool, I think. What do you think? You think? You know, is he going to risk him having been out for how many weeks? Is he really going to I play think he's, in 90 he's got minutes? to, hasn't he? Well, that's my question. I think from what we've seen of how Pellegrini is treating a Hianaccio, I think he'd play a 80% fit Aguero against Liverpool ahead of playing a Hianaccio. I don't think that's right either because Aguero, when he's 80% fit, is not actually very good. Like, we've seen it come back from injuries and he's been pretty, you know... Anonymous in these games, whereas Ianacho maybe only play Ianacho for maybe the first 50, 55 minutes, but he's hungry. He's not, I mean, you know, we don't like them, but United have got Martial and they play him for 90 minutes if they need to. He's young, he's hungry, he's got potential. Who cares what age they are if they're good enough to play for City? And I do believe Ianacho is the real deal. He looks confident, he's a mature player. You so, know. so against Liverpool in our next game, you're, go- you're going with, with Kelechi, are you? I'd you, start you, you, you start yes. with him and, and have Aguero on the bench. I'd bring Aguero on, say, maybe on the hour mark. But I think we're, we're assuming here lots of things about where Aguero is in terms of his fitness. You know, if, he, if he's training now, if he's, if he's a decent level now, if Aguero's fit, you start him against Liverpool. Because they've got, they're quite average at the back. They're often quite naive. Aguero could really exploit that. But if, if you've got... Bon- assuming Bonnie's out and Aguero isn't there we want to start a striker and that's the one we've got and he's not bad yeah and I mean in terms of Liverpool 
uh, Aguero or Iheanacho, one of our pacey strikers, would be tailor-made for that because Sacco, who's their only quick and probably only their only good centre-half, is out for that game. Can we just talk about Villa quickly? Because obviously, you know, Remy Gard, who we talked about last week, don't know much about him. He played for Arsenal, we think. But yeah. you've got to give him some credit. I think, you know, considering the, the way they played, I think I read somewhere they have, he's only had sort of three training sessions with them, watched them against Spurs in midweek the previous week, had gotten together three times and actually made a number of changes. But you've got to say they played well. Well, I haven't got a problem with Remy Gard. I thought he set them up very well. I thought... As I say, I know you say they weren't under any pressure, but I did think Clark and Richards had a good game at the back. And a part of me is really happy for Micah Richards that he's doing well because, you know, he was a great servant to our club and everything. And But the rest of the team I have a little less time for. Rudy Gusted, who at the start of the season I thought, oh, he's a good centre-forward. They've picked him up fairly cheaply. He's went right down in my estimations for really unsporting behaviour, particularly when you think that we had a break on when Nzogbia went down and Nzogbia was not actually that hurt he did milk how hurt he was in the head and we sportingly put the ball out of play in the 85th minute when it was really you know when shit was really getting real and for someone to respond the way he did I thought was really classless now it's not like me to play devil's advocate in this situation as you know Joe no really but you could argue you know what's the point he could just be thrown out for a goal kick yeah, so he wasn't actually giving it to Joe. He was just thinking, "Let me throw it," and you start with a goal kick rather than you get it in your hands. So you kind of get an advantage, but less than a, a less of an advantage. I disagree. That's what he was doing. He looked like he was throwing it right at heart. He knew what he was doing. So right, so I've got. A, I have a solution to the problem. Uh, now with my referee's hat on, yep. I get really, really pissed off now with this players taking to the... They look around, they see someone's in, and they kick the ball out of play. That in itself causes us problems. Never used to happen. Right. We should allow the referee to decide if he's injured, if he's injured badly enough. And the referee stops play, and then we start with a drop ball. Mm. Because it just, co- it just causes problems. The very, because you're then left in that situation, well, it's a Villa throw. Mm. And he's got every right to, you've kicked it out, it's our throw in. I'm going to throw it to our striker. Now, that's not very sporting, I accept that. But by taking it out of their hands, why are players kicking it out? Play on. If there's a problem, the referee will stop the game. I'm not saying he had to do that. I'm just saying he went down on my estimations and it was really classless of him. Of course, I think we'd all agree with that. I think, you know, I haven't heard one person congratulate him. I think it was completely classless. But my point is, I'm trying to come up with a solution, which is players, stop kicking the ball out. Just don't do it. The, yeah. ref, the referee will decide when we need to stop play. It's not, it's not your decision. You just play the game. My argument with that is, was, and Zogbia was holding his head, and obviously the ref has to stop it if it's a head injury. Exactly. But as soon as the ball went out of play, he was up on his feet, he was not hurt. You watched the replay, didn't touch him, and players could use that to their advantage and really milk it. I want them to stop kicking it out of play, Dave. Help me out here. Am I, th- am I wrong? Am I old-fashioned? Am I out of touch? Is it just... I think it's something that needs to be seriously considered, because... It will, for, it will change the way this works. It will put power back in the hands of the referee in dealing with stoppages, which I agree with. The issue then becomes the referee will again, like he has to with a new law on diving, has to be the arbiter of whether a player is feigning it or not. Exactly. And I think that puts a lot, a lot more pressure on the referee to see a lot more things. Again, calls for video technology, get people to look at this a bit further. But, you know... It, do we really want to put more responsibility on referees to make judgment calls at the moment? Is it they're the only person there at the moment? You're saying the players are deciding, and I don't think it's their. Dis- I don't think it's for players to say. Well, I think that person from the opposite side is injured. The referee, of course, it's within the referees. They're, they're, the players whole- are going to be harsher than the referees against the opposition players. Mm. I mean, you probably get less stoppages the way it currently is. I'll tell you what. I'll give you an example. Everton away a year or so ago. 
Jekko really feigned an injury and wasted about five, ten minutes that game. And I was really embarrassed to see him doing it. I can understand why he did it, but it was still really embarrassing and shameful. And I hope another City player never does that. The ref stopped play for that one. And it really wasted time. And I, was, I wasn't pleased with that. And I think it should be up to the opposition players to decide to put it out or not. Let's talk about your mate Micah then, because uh, as you said, City legend, yep. 10 seasons I think it was at City, there's a, from a 14 years of age or something, and uh, yeah, good to see, I think he, the TV gave him man of the match I think actually. Uh, I think he was a worthy man of the match, I thought he played very well, I think, I'm a bit surprised they gave him the captaincy, because he was he's not an experienced captain. But I think he's doing a good job there. I'm pleased he's playing in a Premier League club. I'm pleased he's playing with Les Scott again because they always seem to be you know, quite good mates at City and they seem to have a good team spirit. I'm pleased for that. But uh, yeah, I, mean, was, I wish he'd saved that performance for another game because he hasn't played like that at all all season. Would he have celebrated if he'd scored? Doubt it. No I mean, he's, he's said he expects to come back at some point in some sort of coaching capacity. You know, he, he's clearly still very tied to the club. You know, I... I think it's you know it's, it's nice to see that there's a, he has that loyalty to you know the club that made him the footballer he is. And you know where I'm going with this, of course. Fabian Delph is hit, if his side would have got in, would he have celebrated? Absolutely. Oh yes. But you know, club captain. Five minutes ago, Villa. He was staying. You know, Villa is his club. Wedded to this club, I'm going nowhere. He made a fool of himself in the way he handled himself, but I can understand why he moved. And I think it would have been interesting if that had gone in, wouldn't it? Oh, that would have been beautiful. <laughs> I, Villa, right? I, Villa. I have a bit of an irrational dislike of Villa. They're up there with the. They're only United, Liverpool, Chelsea are above there for me. But they really went down in my estimations just for the amount of abuse they gave him. And but Joe, you could come on. This is me doing my job here as, as yeah. the host of the show. I've got to be. You know, at the end of the day, this is someone who was the club captain who you know pledged his allegiance, and five minutes later was walking out on the club. You know, he he didn't behave well in their eyes, and that you know, aren't they entitled to hiss and get I'm out their toy, sure. toy snakes, which I'm sure the toy shops around the Aston area have done very well this Christmas. <laughs> I'm sure something went on behind the scenes for that. To what go the club? The club. I think the club said to him to make that statement. And I, I think thought you were talking about the sale of these. The club got them in the club shop. You think snakes were on sale for a week is, beforehand? Probably as well. So go on, sorry, you were saying the club... I think got... the club told Delph to make that statement because they didn't think he'd have to go because they thought they were going to keep Benteke. Two days later, Benteke goes to Liverpool and the club say to him, all right, you can go because we aren't... Fu-. Maybe they'd fulfilled a promise with him or something. But Dave, football fans pay their money, yeah? They pay their season ticket, they pay on the gate, whatever. They turn up, they can hiss and boo as much as they like, don't, can't they? If that had been our captain who'd done that, I'd, I'd be turning up with the Judas banners. I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it. We're, bo- I, we're I, booing UEFA, aren't we? You know, we're sitting there, we're booing... Our, he, oh, he, I'm, I'm sorry, if I was a Villa fan, I'd be sat here saying he deserves everything he gets. I mean, that's... You know, that's football. You... It's so inherently partisan and you come out and you make this sort of grandiose statement of fervour for your club and then you throw it all away a week later, what else are you going to get? I would say that as a club, we aren't really in a position to judge because I don't think we've ever had a real situation like, you know, like Tottenham did with Campbell, like Arsenal did with Van Persie, like Villa did with with Delft. I don't think we've ever been in a situation where one of our... Czech, well, no, Czech's a bit different. I think they're all right with that. But I don't think we've ever been in a situation where one of our players has left to go, probably not since Tony Coton. I don't think we've ever been in that sort of <laughs> position. And even then, you know, you can understand why he'd left us for United. Um, I don't think we've ever been in a position recently, certainly, where we've had to sell one of our top players to a big rival. I mean, I, d- I, I just don't think we're in a position to say. I mean, imagine if 
maybe next season Aguero turned up at United somehow you know we we probably would give him a lot of stick so you're right imagine if, Te- if Tevez had joined Man City you know it would have just well, been exactly the same sort of situation well that was their fault for not signing him but it was up to him where he went hmm. I love the chanting there you know he's not going down Fabian Delph and they re- responded he's on the bench Fabian Delph football fans are great a bit of banter Why not? Villa fans aren't great you, you, we know you don't like them. Well, it's just, can, can I just go back to the chances? Because you know we talk about we haven't got a, okay. We've not got a striker, but there are a number of key decisions, key moments where really we should have won that game. Just just sort of go before we move on. You know, which was the worst one? I mean, the Sterling great cross from Navas, who's yep. infuriating as we know. You know, he was no, brilliant, brilliant against Sevilla, and he had some fantastic moments. I think at the weekend against mm. Villa, starting against Liverpool, definitely. Um, with so, their left back, definitely, and with their left wings, Coutinho. Oh yeah, someone's cool. back. Sorry, gone. Uh, no, I was going. So, so you know, Sterling meets it brilliantly, and the keeper but he heads it off the line. I mean, that's, was... he's you know. But to be fair, you know, if Joe had done that, we would all be saying great save because he he filled the goal. You know, he did a good job, didn't he, Ruddy, for that? No, he did fine. Good, fair play to him. Good save. He you, you've got to keep it out somehow. A bit lucky, but I felt like it was just one of those days where none of those would go, would go in. And you know, Fernando hit the bar, and Delph had that one that just went wide. We were so close, but you know what? Um, I don't think that game makes me really worried. I think we should take that game on the chin. And say, look, we played. We didn't play well. We're missing two cent two of the be- the two best finishers in the club. We'll have them we'll have one of them hopefully back soon and the other one shortly afterwards. And we and we should take great heed and be very thankful to Tottenham that we're still top of the league. Yeah. I think the the chance that got me annoyed was De Bruyne's yeah. because it was stupidity. I mean mm. I don't know obviously he's had a fantastic start to his career etc but that was complacent. But was he actually trying to get that in the net, or was he trying to just get that past the defender onto the other? I can't remember who it was. It was running through. Was it? Was it Sterling? I think it was Sterling coming yeah, through on the other I think side. Because that's how I. Re- that's how I. That's how I read it. I don't think it was him necessarily showboating. I actually think it was him trying to get that ball past the defender and to Sterling. Oh, is how I saw it. I read it as a little flick to try and get it in the bottom bottom yeah. corner. And I just think you know you, you run onto that, you hit it damn hard towards the goal, and I think I think we'd be one 0 up if he. And if, if we'd taken the, the proper approach, I also believe if we'd scored, Villa would have gone to pieces. And say we'd scored that one in about the 60th minute, we'd have won four nil. They are a incredibly average side. There's no there's no quality going forward in no. that team. You know, they're, they're average a good defensive performance. Actually. It's it's listen. It's very easy, isn't it, for us having sort of just drawn nil nil to get it right with the team bottom of the league. We're, here we are. We're through with two games to go to the knockout stage of the Champions League. We're in the quarterfinals of the Mickey Mouse Cup. We're still in the FA Cup. We're top of the league. And we're sitting here sounding as though we're, you know, late Orient. I mean, you know, what's going Leave on? Leighton Orient out Shall I bring in a real positive that's Please. come in from the last couple of weeks? Please. And a player who has improved leaps and bounds and is actually looking now like one of the first names on the team sheet, can't believe I'm saying this after, from the start of the season, is Fernando. Totally agree. What... A, a real change in fortunes I mean he looks not only like he can do the sort of ball winning that De Jong does but he's learnt the unique nature of 50-50s in the Premier League you don't just have to win the first one you have to win the one that comes after that because after that, they always seem to come in twos so he wins the first ball and then he's straight in for the second one and he seems to make the right pass as well I've seen him going forwards even you know things we never thought he could do and he just seems to have really worked out how physical the Premier League is, how he needs to adapt his own game to it, and actually is contributing quite a bit going forward. And if I was Pellegrini, with David Silva coming back, 
I'd be questioning whether Torre stays in the team rather mm. than Fernando. Mm. I think Fernando at the moment, the way he's linking up with Fernandinho, the way he's making that midfield tick, he, he's, he, he for me is starting to cement a place. I totally agree. And I, th- I, I, I got the feeling last season he was constantly playing Fernando through the injury barrier because f- people forget, first two or three games for City, Fernando, he was brilliant. And we thought we'd got ourselves a real gem. Then he got injured and he came back and he was never the same again. In- and he was actually better. It's probably about April, March onwards. He played a bit better for us. And I think, I just think that this season's a fresh start. He's had a bit of a run in the side. I mean, you don't pay twelve million for a centre mid who's been playing in a decent European league for nothing. He's a very good player. And, and in addition, I know we've touched on it a couple of weeks ago, but the, the company Otamendi partnership as well, Dave. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's worth another listen, another clean sheet. Um, and they look they look very composed, very they look great together. They they, they work well together, and it, it, that partnership seems to be uh, our our preferred centre back partnership. And the thing that made the Seville game so impressive is the fact that Seville are a damn good team. They actually played quite well. But com- uh, company and Otamendi, save for a little bit of uh, hesitance from Otamendi on Seville's goal, actually gave a really good performance, really kept control of Lorente, who can be a real handful. You know, he's, he's mm. certainly rated one of the best strikers in the air in Europe. And they had him completely nullified. I, I, it's, it's, it was really impressive. And even against Villa, it was very impressive how the defence worked and how they seemed to all be linking up. So, Joe, you've got to give us another positive. I, I've given us um, your company, Otomendi Partnership. Uh, Dave's given us Fernando. Uh, can we have a positive from you? Because, as I say, you know, we're, we're rocking and rolling here. Easy. Jesus Navas. He's really come good in the last few weeks. Um, I mean, I said a few weeks ago, you rotate him out the side a bit. It's too much on him at the moment. He's not playing well. Use him as an impact sub for a bit. And he did that for a bit. And he's still doing it a bit to an extent. He's done well there. Get him some confidence and then start starting him again because he's a very useful... I think, was it Tuss said a few weeks ago, play him in the big games, he's very useful. But also in the small games, he's useful in different sort of roles. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's got to start against Liverpool because they've got a damn good left winger in Coutinho. And he's great at nullifying the threat of a good left winger. But, you know, he's confident at the moment. I think the one who needs to be rotated out the side, actually, especially if Silver's back, is Sterling because... Sterling's come to the club with a lot of pressure on him, big price tag, better players than where he was, playing where, you know, where it's real. It's not, you can't finish fourth at City and be happy with it like you can at Liverpool. And um, he's going to be nervous. And I wouldn't be surprised if this season he... I mean, I think he's done better so far than I thought he would at City, actually. I think people have been too harsh on him. But I think maybe we need to rotate him out the side and start using him maybe a bit more as an impact sub, give him a few weeks off. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if it's not until two or three years, maybe, before we see how good he really is. But Sterling was, for me, man of the match against Sevilla. I think we were really start. He's really sort of improving game by game. He, he he didn't have the best game against Villa. I'll give you that. I personally would keep him in and sort of try and work, maybe. I, I, I honestly don't know who you drop because we have such a exciting set of midfielders. But Navas really has a, a value, like like Joe said, not only in nullifying Coutinho, but in games like that where the left winger won't track back. He will cause them real problems because if you if you leave your winger expo- your fullback exposed, he will leave you for dead. But Silva's not going to be back against Liverpool. We think Aguero might be back. Sil- no, so, the, so, I think Silva's more likely to be back, isn't he? Really? Silva was had the less serious injury and was given the early return date. I think if Aguero's back, Silva will surely be back. Well, we have the beautiful situation for once that we don't have to rush Silva back because we have mm. other creative players, which yeah. I don't think we've had in a very long time. I agree. I think Aguero is more important to come back because. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, in the past, if Naz, we put Nasri in for silver, I mean, apart from that one really good season in 13-14, um, Nasri's not really cut the mustard city, and I wouldn't be surprised if we got rid of him. Wow. I've, I've, this, this, is, this is progress. You know, the, the love, the the Nazri love fest is over, Joe. Have you had a row or something? Have you sort of, you know, it's, 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 it's just it's him dying cold. his hair, isn't it? You don't like the grey look, then? It's not his bleach blonde, isn't it? it looks grey to me. Well, whatever. I no, I've just, I don't know. I've, I've turned eighteen, haven't I? That's a, yes, that's, that's, you've you've matured. I've matured. I've got over this Nazri thing. <laughs> so, so in terms of Liverpool game, then, Dave, thoughts? Then, so other selection. Issues. Obviously, we, we listen. We don't know who's fit, do we? we don't know, we, we don't know how bad Bonnie's injury is. We don't know whether Silva and Aguero are back. It's very difficult for us. But, but other tactical things to consider. You've mentioned the whole Navas thing and that that right side or their left side. Other other, other considerations for Liverpool, which of course because the international break isn't it, until uh, the twenty first. I think it's a five thirty kickoff on the Saturday on the twenty first. Well, firstly, let's actually try and get all our players back from this international break in some state of repair. But I think the main thing we have to start Fernando because that, totally the way Klopp plays that sort of possession football really often can be quite quick on the break he, in um, Firmino and Coutinho he's got quite pacey technical players who can really punish you on the break um, it, having that strength in midfield is going to be really important so I think Fernando is a cert as we've said you know um, getting Navas in there to really test their fullbacks. It may even be one to drop De Bruyne for and have Sterling and Navas playing as orthodox wingers and then um, Silver you know, Silva in behind Aguero or Bonnie considering who's back or Ihianacho indeed. You know, so we've we've got someone to be on the end of these balls coming in from wide wide positions. Makes sense to me, Joe. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean I, I don't know, but I think Liverpool is probably the game I look forward to least in a season. I ne- we never I'm never confident that we've won the game until the final whistle goes. I hate us playing Liverpool. I mean, I think a lot of it will be in our favour. We've got good players coming back. They've got good players who are going to be out. Because, of course, um, you know, Judas Milner's not going to be playing in that game either. Get your snakes ready. There's a load of shots around Aston that have had them returned <laughs> yes. this, this morning. So you can get them back. The 9.99 a snake. I mean, I really don't like players like Milner that just walk out of the club for nothing. And <laughs> <show> no loyalty. <laughs> I like players like Delph and Sterling and Nasri in the club. <laughs> As long no. as they join us and not <laughs> no, leave no, us. No, no, no. In all seriousness, I haven't got a problem with Milner. We know you're know. joking, I, Joe. I, I we know you're Milner. joking. But um, no, I think he's out, which is good because he's the he's the sort of player who's very good in games like that. Because I remember I would always have him as... When he was with us, I'd always wanted him being first name on the team sheet for the Derby, for Arsenal, for Chelsea, for Liverpool. You know, but he's going to be out for it. Um, I don't. I think Emre Jan's going to play. He didn't exactly cover himself in glory against Palace. Yeah, I, I think we should beat Liverpool. Well, we've signed up with Lad Brooks to bring you some exclusive betting odds and offers that we've wrangled out of them for you. Follow the links on this show's description on our Facebook page and Twitter feed and our mini pod at the end of the week with some tips and exclusive odds for you. For starters, there's a free bet of up to £50 for you when you click the link and add the code LAD50. That's L-A-D-5-0. Our brand new iPhone app has been updated and is absolutely free at the iTunes store. It's a thing of beauty with all your shows there, videos, news, etc. Download it and leave us a nice review. Uh, and all the links to our Facebook page, Twitter, and details of our fantastic phone apps are all at citypodcast.net. And you can join us on Facebook, Twitter, which is at citypodcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did notice some news today. Are you aware that Patrick Vieira has been appointed New York City head coach? I am. And I'm very pleased about that. Keeps him, keeps him at the club, doesn't it? 
He's got a three-year contract there because there was a lot of talk about his contract running out. And he, with all the potential manager sackings that could happen in the next few weeks, you know, you've got Newcastle, you've got Swansea. Chelsea, Swansea. Um, I was really worried that we wouldn't keep him. Of course, an Arsenal would always love to have him back. Sociedad? Sociedad, of course. Sociedad. Football genius is gone, hasn't it? It's he? unbelievable. I'm, I, I can't believe that. Back to United when Van Gaal goes. Hope so. That'd be nice, the, wouldn't it? The thing it's that, unlikely, but it would be nice. The thing with the um, under-21s job that comes available, the thing keeps going through my mind, the one I want, it'll have to be next summer, Martin Demichelis. Yes, totally agree. Interesting one. I, I think, you know, he... Where did that come from? I think the fact is, you know, we, we the way Vieira sort of came in was the elder statesman of the club, sort of calmed everyone down, was a reassuring presence in being played in exactly the way we play Demichelis now. I think Demichelis is being built into that sort of role and ultimately will be another very good sort of guy to bring the young players through. Maybe it's come too early for him, but he, you know, I, I would love to see him sort of following Vieira's footsteps in that way. He's a very similar sort of personality at the club as well, like you said. He's, um, the players will seem to have a lot of respect for Demichelis, the same way they used to for Vieira. So I'd love to see Demichelis down at the club because I think he's an intelligent um, f- man of football as well. He's very knowledgeable about the game. You can see that in the way he defends, the way he organises the back four. And obviously he's not young. He's probably going to retire at the end of the season. I don't know. I don't know. It depends. I, I thought he wanted to go back to Argentina though. But just like, just like Vieira, you would listen if Demichelis started giving you a bollocking. You know, these are scary men as well as yeah. intelligent men of football. I think they, you know, the attributes are there to create some brilliant coaches. Um, if we are going to follow the Barcelona model, creating our own coaches in that way, I think you know he he'd be a real shout. I really hope you're right, but I I think he wants to go back to Argentina. I've heard that rumor that he wants to go back to River for a season. One last point. The other, th- I just sort of look for things that catch my eye. Have you seen the new Christmas jumper or the new Christmas jumpers on the city website? Yeah, they're crap. Last year's one's much better. It's November, and I'm avoiding it carefully. That's what's on your top lip, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're, they're also doing Christmas T-shirts as well. Have you seen those as well? There's an Invisible Man one, which is quite no. fun as well. So, uh, I, I, all I w- Joe, come on, it's it's nearly Christmas. Come on, no, it's not. So I've got to represent this in a few weeks' time, have I? Possibly. Come come back to me in a month, and I might answer you. Thanks for joining <laughs> the Christmas. <laughs> come Christmas. come back to him on the twenty fourth. <laughs> Christmas decorations, everyone. I'm trying to tell you about. Anyway, for those of you who are interested, on the at the city store, a fantastic array. Uh, range rather of city jumpers Christmas jumpers, Christmas t-shirts get in there now, support your club wear your colours, wear your reindeers uh, and Merry Christmas to everybody Bah humbug and Manchester City fireworks are now half price Indeed (laughs) (laughs) To Dave Hodgson and Joe Doherty thanks for joining us, this is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People Sports Social Podcast Network